mediocrity can be crippling. Like when you feel like no longer special or like above average at something that you once thought you were. Literally, we all tell ourselves these lies each and every single day because we're insecure, because we're afraid that we won't measure up, you know, existential crises of like growing up, which is still happening. That's our brand. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's your host, Dasam. And Emma. Here with another episode of Before, Before We Make, we make It. it. Woo. <laughs> guys, I am so excited. We are on a new platform thanks to the guys over at Elevation Nation, which Shaman means Parker. Yes, better studio quality, better ease of conversation across the globe. We're living for this. So hello. Yes, I'm honestly kind of shocked because with our other platform that we were using, everything that Dasam said, I would hear it like 10 seconds later <laughs> because we're obviously <laughs> like recording in different locations. We are, you're 18 hours uh, ahead, lag. right? Or, no, wait, what is it? 13 hours 16, ahead? I think. Oh, gosh. 16. Yeah. So we have definitely been trying our best to keep everything going as smoothly as possible without you noticing that we're in different countries. But yeah, I'm excited <laughs> we for do this. our best. Be, yeah. So like we were saying, we haven't recorded in a hot minute, just the two of us. So we'll go I ahead and get it. I know I missed it too. I honestly want to record in person already because I feel like that experience is just so wholesome. I know. Okay. But legit, we would literally be crammed next to each other. Like I was like, I need to pop some mints in my mouth before this because yeah. this is about to get up close and personal. Like we had one mic, we were right next to each other. And sometimes it was fun. Other times I was like, I feel bad that we're like having to scratch over this mic. So this yeah. It's kind of an upgrade for us. Emma has her own mic. You know, she's thriving. Thriving. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ideally, one day we get to record on like a huge couch. Like you're on one end. I'm on the other. We both have like little handheld video quality. Yes. Literally. I mean, that's how Girls Gotta Eat does it. Like, and I just, I love watching their videos of themselves record because they just look so comfy. (laughs) Like it's so relaxed and they have their dog on the couch. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm doing. But yeah, let's get into to it with a reality check. We really wanted to do this because we haven't talked about our personal lives in like a second. And I think this is something that is way overdue because we are like, what, three to four months into our post-grad breakdowns, I guess, (laughs) that have been like building up. But I just wanted to say that recently I have been trying my hardest to like make progress, you know, on my novel and just doing other little like side projects, trying to test myself creatively while traveling full time. And I just want to get real here and just say that I have never felt extremely mediocre at like everything that I attempt to do. And that's just a repetitive thought that has been occurring to me. I feel like I am trying, but it's not really getting anywhere. And then it kind of infiltrates into, oh, am I a mediocre friend, girlfriend, daughter, sister? Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the thoughts that have been going through my head recently. And I think everyone can relate when you're in like a too ambiguous period of time where it's not really certain. Your progress isn't being measured by anyone but yourself. And, you know, it's summer. We're all kind of chilling. That's been my vibe recently. 
Well, thank you for saying that and for just like putting it out there and willing to like be honest about that. Number one, you are not a mediocre friend. Okay. But <laughs> well, but thank I you. And you're not like mediocre in a creative sense either. Like you're not mediocre at all. That like I could never describe you as mediocre. That's like, oh my the last gosh. thing you are. I mean, honestly, I definitely know exactly where you're coming from. I think it comes in waves and it really depends on and it sucks because it's almost like you need the validation of others sometimes or an award or praise at work or like something career-wise <laughs> that gives you that validation. Like, okay, I am actually more than mediocre. Like, I'm awesome. I'm like number one at this. Yeah, I think we all feel like that from time to time. And it's honestly all in our head. And like, I think we know that, but sometimes yeah. we're not receiving that validation. It is sort of messy and it's like, holy cow. Am I like basic? <laughs> like, am I not original? Am I just like a carbon copy of like the next person? Obviously, you're writing a freaking novel. So it's not going to be this like easy streamlined journey. Oh my it's gosh. Going it's going to be a rocky road, crazy. but it's going to be good. Like if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. I literally have been dealing with so many emotions, just like writing from this perspective that's so intimate, you know, and I'm just like questioning everything. I'm like, why do relationships, you know, just form the way that they do? And like, I don't know, it's just like some existential stuff. But Emma, how was your reality <laughs> check? <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Before I get into that, you are doing something that's really, really hard. So please give yourself <laughs> a pat on the back for that because thank yeah, you. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing lukewarm, mediocre about it. Um, I mean, everything's hard. Any, yeah. And if anyone Life. feels mediocre, you better not feel mediocre. Okay. You are not mediocre. I honestly hate that word. Like it's really? so, it's so mediocre. It's just, there's something about it that just makes me mad. Like that people really? would think that they, yeah, I don't know what it is. Lukewarm is how I would describe it more. Like, and yeah. I say this so that if there's anyone out there that is like trying to grapple with like what makes me special, you know, that is where mediocrity can be crippling. Like when you feel like you're no, no longer special or like above average at something that you once thought you were. So that's yeah. a thing that happens to everyone, including us. Yeah. But mediocrity to me is not a negative term. It's more so like accepting the fact that you're not bad at anything, but you're also not stellar at it. So it's like <laughs> this weird in between of, okay, what do I need to do to get good at it? It is kind of a yeah. great opportunity. You are adequate, but you want to exceed that. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I like the way. We, yeah. Okay. For me, I've been chilling, but not actually. Like, it, I've actually been really busy, but yeah, you've I'm been really busy. Yeah. She's doing like everything and anything. But it's weird because for the whole summer, I feel like on every episode, I was just always saying that I was like stressing and like going through, you know, existential crises of like growing up, which is still happening. That's our brand. But, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. That is our brand. Like we're so on brand with that. But I guess it's just recently like things have started to pick up. There have been opportunities as far as career goes. I have a really whoop, exciting whoop. job potentially coming up but I'm not going to say it until it's official. It sort of just mm. really made me change my perspective on things and got in me, got in, got me very excited about <laughs> life in the future. I feel very like refreshed and like re-energized and re-motivated to work really hard and do it with like a smile on my face and do it 
knowing that I'm working towards something. Like I feel like I have purpose again. So that's an amazing Mm -hmm. feeling. And I'm just really thankful for that. As far as just like life in general, I've been trying to live a healthier like lifestyle, get into more of a routine because with this new job opportunity, I am going to be working from home. It's temporary because we're not in the office yet, but I will be working from home. So I have to come up with a routine that works. That's healthy. (laughs) Go to sleep early, wake up early. And so I'm trying to construct that. But if anyone could yeah. do it, it's you. You're like the queen of oh routines, but she actually applies them. Like I'm the queen of like planning routines, <laughs> but never doing them. So well, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm going to try to, because it was so easy doing it at our college apartment because like we had a ton of light in our apartment and I had this like beautiful, nice room. And like <laughs> my room at home is, is awesome. Like I love my room here. And like, I'm so grateful that my parents are taking me in for a little while and providing for me <laughs> like a kid, but it's really dark in my room. And so I find it harder to be as productive as I was in our college apartment. Yeah. I don't have an actual space right now. Like I'm legitimately just like in a room with my mom and it's not even like that big or there's not that much space for me. So I'm like constantly trying to get out, but I do miss like the lifestyle monotony of having just a nice space and also just like being able to just have all your things organized, ready to go. Yeah. It's like hard to push myself to do things here. Like I have to go to a coffee shop to focus, but such is life. Like the environment is not always going to be the best. I think it's more Mm -hmm. so the mindset and doing the most with what you have. Yeah, that's true. We actually talked about that in our episode with Elevation Nation, which <gasps> came out. To it. Yeah, go listen to it. It came out last week. So we talked about how you can't let like the these external surroundings that honestly are really hard to control dictate your mindset and that you sort of have to like rise above it. So yeah, I love that we talked about that because I feel like for you, it's harder. Like you share a room right now for at least like the time that you're in South Korea. I know. I was like, I want to be a digital nomad. I want to travel the world and like never have a home. And now that I've been doing it for like three months, I'm like, uh, I want to move in and decorate my place and have it be like cute, you know? Yeah. You want to settle down a bit, but you will in a few months. Let's get in to our next segment, Truly Obsessed. I have been dying to share some skincare favorites that I never had on hand. So last week, I think I mentioned something really cringy and I'm apologetic for that. (laughs) Like it's probably like seafood flavor snacks or something. So I'll just get into it real quick. Aqua Peel Facials. Skincare is ridiculously affordable in South Korea, specifically Seoul. And I have just been loving taking care of my skin, which I never really did before. Like Sumi, I skincare people are going to come at me. But the CNP Laboratory Hyaluronic Derma Tension Serum, it is phenomenal. It does everything. It is like a magic bottle. And every time I put this on after, you know, cleansing my face, I feel like a brand new baby, like just glowing, radiant, (laughs) like literally Tinkerbell vibes. Like I'm just so happy with it. So that's my favorite. And then of course, little puppies, so random, but you (laughs) know, expecting that. No one here has yards. So everyone is strolling around with their like tiny, tiny puppies. They look like little stuffed animals. It's the cutest thing ever. And I just love dog watching because I could never be a dog mom. And lastly, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Love the song Male Fantasy. Great album. So there we go. Those were some good ones. Also, side note, can you bring me back like some samples of Korean skincare, please? Dude, yes. Like I have like a five-step skincare routine now and I literally had like a one-step use like bar soap sometimes like literally that's (laughs) horrendous I know 
But yeah, I feel like I'm a changed individual. So yes, I will get you on that. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm like, how are we going to get access to this stuff? But yeah, that would be greatly appreciated. Like literally just even the smallest bit, I just need something to refresh my skin, <laughs> but happy for you. you um, great skin. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Honestly, if anyone has advice for like blackheads, because I get new blackheads every single day, I'm that's not exaggerating at all. So help me out. I will fly you yeah. in in the future to get the aqua peel yeah. facial because that's what they do. They use this like aqueduct to just like inhale vacuum the blackheads oh from your God. nose. It's amazing. That's literally what I need. Like they just, it doesn't stop growing out of my face. Like it just, every single day there's new like stuff deposited in there. So I just need something that's going to gut it out, clean it completely. <laughs> so anyway, moving on my favorites like recently, I have been loving, and this is a very random favorite. The Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker, I know, throwback uh, to like 2004. <laughs> no, but this is an iconic staple. And if you were around then, iconic. no, it really is. The Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker, like you already know, it's a bestseller. It actually is tinted. Like it gives you a little bit of a reddish pink tint. It's obviously, you know, super easy little lip balm, moisturizes your lips, smells really great. I found it in my backpack and I've just been using it since. So I love that because it's it gives you a nice little tint and it makes me happy. And then <laughs> so I've also been loving dark nails. I got my nails done a couple weeks ago. There's this shade by OPI called Lincoln Park After Dark. And Ooh. it's really, yeah, it's really, really pretty, like black purple color. It's She's not like full now. on. It's cool. It's like edgy. And I like it a lot. It just looks really fun. And actually, no, it does not look fun. It just looks more like edgy and like cool. I like it a lot. Very different from what I normally get. Perfect for fall. And then the last thing that I've been loving is this podcast by Sophia Bush. It's called Work in Progress. It is honestly one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. She is an incredible interviewer and all of the guests that she has on are just so accomplished. She's mm. so smart in the way that she asks her questions. And so if you just want to like learn about so many different types of people that have done well in various industries, which I know that's very vague to say, go check out her podcast. She had Taylor Jenkins read on who is one of my favorite authors ever. Mm. She uh, did maybe another life Daisy Jones and the six and so many other amazing novels. So she had her on and it was the most inspirational episode. So please go check her out. We are doing a Q&A slash advice episode today. Whoop Just whoop. super chill. Yeah, we, we asked you guys to send in questions on our Instagram. So we're going to take from there. We literally love how many people have recently joined our Instagram family and also just like our podcast family in general. So thank you to all the new listeners. This one's for you. All right, let's get into it. So the first one is, I'm meeting my partner's parents soon. We've been dating for three months and I'm really nervous since this is the first time I'm meeting the parents of someone I dated. Advice. Girl, I feel you. I've done it before. I was literally outfit changing for like a solid hour before I met my boyfriend's parents because I just like didn't know how to look modest, but pretty, but put together. <laughs> yep. And stylish. <laughs> so truly, truly be yourself because their first impression is going to be their expectation of you from there on out. Don't be afraid to be like overly kind and friendly just because you obviously want them to have a positive first impression, but also 
be yourself. Just show your humor as it naturally occurs. Be polite, but also ask questions about themselves. Like that's like the biggest thing I think caring about what they do and their personal lives outside of being your boyfriend's parents. I think that's a really, really great way to leave a great impression. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is hard because I would be a nervous wreck like anyone. I feel like it's very natural to feel a little bit uneasy and a little scared going into the situation. But like Jaslam said, you need to be yourself. Obviously, like be cognizant of how you're talking to them and like the things that you say. Like I would say slow down a bit, especially in that those first few times of meeting them. Think before you speak because Sometimes when we get nervous, we over talk or we say things that we don't actually mean just out of nerves. Just really try to like, yeah, no, same. So take a breath. Be careful with the things that you say. Obviously, like ask questions about them. Be curious. Be kind. Be respectful. And I would also ask your partner how their family is. Like, are they more goofy and open and honest? And like, are they very, you know, like chill or are they a little bit more reserved until you get to know them better? So yeah, I think just like consulting your significant other beforehand is really, really helpful. Stellar advice. Next one. Do you think that I should rush high school to get to my dream career? I think everything has a time and place and high school is a tumultuous time. (laughs) It's not as liberating (laughs) as college. I'm just going to be honest here. Like middle school is, I mean, dark times, you know, but like high school, oh my gosh, there is so many materialistic forms of value and status that arise in high school, whether it's your relationship status, your grades, you know, the clothes you wear, the, I don't know, the sport you play, whatever. So I would say don't rush high school. Like I don't know if you're planning on graduating early or if you're just trying to make the days go by faster. I would say enjoy the time that you have to not only make memories with friends, but also explore different organizations and interests that you wouldn't have the time for in your future because college does get extremely busy. And yes, like you have more time, but high school is where you should begin exploring those passions because I wish I would have done a lot of things earlier in my creative projects. So yeah, don't rush it. But also don't be afraid that, you know, the world that you live in is going to be permanent because it's really temporary. Mm -hmm. High school obviously is rough at times, but also great. And I do not think you should rush it. I don't think you should rush, in my opinion, any life experience. I think you need to take in where you are and enjoy it as much as you can because number one, you have to pay for college unless you get a full ride scholarship. (laughs) So that like putting it off as much as you can, I think is honestly great. I think also looking back at like people who did graduate early, like I know that there are some friends of mine who did, they regretted not staying the entire four years simply because they missed out on experiences with the people that they grew up with. They missed out on that last final senior year that was supposed to be super memorable. I mean, if you feel in your gut that you really want to do that, then like by all means, list your pros and cons and like do whatever you think is right for you. But consider the fact that high school has a lot of invaluable experiences that you don't get in college. Number one, it's like free. Okay. You're going to public school unless you go to a private school that you're, you know, you're paying for. But for most people, it's free. (laughs) Also, it's like this extra time to grow before you have to make real big decisions because college is huge. You know, picking your major is huge. Going into a place where you're meeting people from all over the globe at a college is a huge deal. So take in the space that you're at right now and enjoy being 
a high schooler while you can and your career is still going to be there, but you should just oh, take yeah, time to like, yeah, like consider the options in front of you and enjoy the time that you have to not really worry about really major life decisions because yeah. that time is, is really precious. You got this. Okay. Next question. What constitutes cheating? Is flirting with someone else in a relationship cheating or does cheating only mean when someone is physically with another person while they're in a relationship? In my opinion, it's less about the action and more about the position of the heart. So what's your intention? And obviously your intentions could be extremely pure, but if it seems questionable or if you have even like the littlest bit of guilt or shame in your heart by doing those things, then you know that it's not necessarily loyal to your partner. So what I'm thinking is that cheating is any form of disloyalty to your partner that involves getting involved with someone else. It could be emotionally, it could be physically, and it's just a betrayal. It's something that you keep secretive and you're constantly, I guess, like inappropriately messaging them or, you know, physically meeting up with them, whatever. And that's leading to you basically crossing lines with someone else while you have reserved all of those things for your significant other. Like that's to me what that is. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely don't think that it's only when someone is physically with another person while they're in a relationship. I think it can be seen in a lot of different ways. And like you said, it's like when you feel that sense of guilt or when you feel like you have to be secretive about it and you can't tell your significant other. Like, I think that is a huge red flag as to whether or not it's maybe you're not necessarily like cheating, but you're being dishonest and you're being disloyal and like, you know, it in your gut. So I think any sort of action that you wouldn't feel comfortable with your partner knowing openly about is something to be mindful of and check yourself on because I've seen people who will be flirting with other girls on Instagram. And I mean, I'm talking like, you know, I've listened to other podcasts where like people send in stories and they talk about their boyfriends, for example, and their boyfriends messaging random girls on Instagram, things like that. And that stuff is harder because it's like, okay, they don't know the person. So like they didn't technically cheat, but why though? Like, why are you doing Let's not this debate thing the technicals here. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. I'm like, dude, if you feel like you have to apologize for this, then you know you did something wrong and you mm -hmm. already messed up. Yeah, exactly. Like anything that you just wouldn't feel great about your significant other seeing, that is something that you probably shouldn't be doing. I think also like having a conversation with your significant other about what they deem to be cheating, what they deem to be hurtful or disloyal is important because everyone has different ideas of it. So make sure you are aware of what your significant other is okay with and vice versa. Okay, next question, growing a brand. This is something that I personally and Emma have a lot of experience with because I used to manage social media accounts for my business school and college. I have literally been social media freelancing for several months now. And obviously we've grown multiple brands together at my previous podcast, you know, the fashion and lifestyle magazine we did together, like literally so much experience in growing brands. And the number one thing that I can say to you is one, have some sort of like theme, uniformity, like just message to your brand and what it stands for and like what it's communicating to the masses. 
It's really about like networking kind of in the indirect sense, as in you want to get people to be invested in you because they have some personal interest, whether that's like, oh, you just had a guest on who they're like a fan of, or you personally are their family or friend. They're in organizations that are also interested in like lifestyle topics, whatever. So it's really about like niching down your topic and then finding those small bubbles where you can infiltrate and be like, okay, guys, come in because we all have like commonalities, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that answer. You're going into probably a new space where you might be a little bit intimidated, like, okay, I am not original at all. Like everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone has neutral colored feeds. Like I want to stand out. I think like number one, being okay with the fact that maybe you're not bringing this life-changing idea out into the open, but whatever you have to offer from your specific brand is original in itself. So like it's the way that you execute it to the public. It's the way that you write the captions, for example, in social media, the way that you add music, the way that you interact with your followers. There's so many things we could say about this because we should honestly do a whole episode on it. But I think just knowing that like, however you are handling your own branding is original in itself because it's you, it's your particular mind and voice with it. Just be sure that you have an overall mission and you know exactly what the intentions are with this brand. You know what those very specific narrow down values are that are going to set you apart from other people. Yeah, don't like overconsume too much of like what everyone else is doing because I feel like that sort of messes with like your own unique line of thinking because you're like oversaturating your mind with like what everybody else is doing. How do you find your purpose in life? It is evolutionary. It is not stagnant. It is something that actually culminates from your experiences, the bubbles that you're in, and also the epiphanies that you have regarding what's missing in your life or what really hurts you about what's going on in the world, you know? Because your purpose can be like, oh, there's not enough creativity out there. I want to contribute to that. Or I'm personally not happy in this kind of environment. So I need to transition. Like finding purpose is one about fulfilling your needs, but then also like wanting to serve others. It's a multifaceted thing and it's not something you could define in like pretty little phrases. I really think it's more of like a feeling that you get when you're doing work that is meaningful to you. Yeah, I think purpose is discovered through doing things. So finding your purpose is hard to just like think about and like, okay, yeah, that's my purpose. I found my purpose. You need to go out into the world and get as much experience as you can, whether that's internship, whether that's volunteering, whether it's actually working a legitimate job, like going and doing things and living in those experiences and taking what you can from them is working towards finding your ultimate purpose. And I also think that we don't just have one specific purpose in this life. We have multiple. So don't think that it's going to be this like one thing and you have to dedicate your entire life to it because we're all multifaceted. We can do many different things besides like our main career. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my best advice that I can give is just going and doing things and figuring it out through action. Yes. What's the best way to manage your time? LOL. <laughs> I need to stop oh, saying gosh. that. I sound like I'm a kindergartner, like saying that. No, like, it's an actual it. word. Like, LOL. no, just LOL. Yeah. I'm we like, use Ew. it all the time, though. We're used to it. It's again our brand. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but managing time is the hardest thing ever, especially if you're easily distracted like me. <laughs> if you have ADHD, then that's like a whole other thing. Like, literally, I feel like I do, but not diagnosed. <laughs> so, time management for me, it comes in not overwhelming myself with like too many things every single day, understanding my priorities and doing the harder things first, 
because I always do the easiest things first. And then I leave the harder things for when I have no time, no brain energy, and like literally no thinking capability left. Use Google Calendar. It is literally the best. Block out time for things that generically should just do every day, whether that's running, exercising, or reading, writing, um, journaling, etc. Like block time for those things that are important to you, but not urgent. And have accountability partners that keep you in check. And you know, use like time blocks on your apps. There's so many different tools at your disposal. But managing your time is a very independent matter. You have to be so strict on yourself, but also don't be too hard on yourself. You know, it's a balance. It definitely is a balance that I can say as well. Time management is definitely one of those things that looks different for everybody. Some people time block, some people use the Pomodoro technique. And I think it's a lot of trial and error. You have to find what works for you as far as managing your time goes. But some key tips that I think work for pretty much everyone is to set a routine for yourself because If you are waking up at a different time every day, just whenever you feel like it, you're going to bed whenever you feel like it, you're not going to be managing your time as efficiently as you can or as you could be. So figure out like what time do you need to get up in the morning every single day with the exception of the weekends that's going to give you the max hours that you need to get your stuff done to manage your time as best as you can. Like you obviously need time first. So Mm -hmm. figure out how many hours you need make a time in the morning that works for you, give yourself some time for yourself, and then get into your work after like an hour or two of doing your own thing. Make sure that you cap it at a certain time each day. Again, like give yourself time to exercise and do things that are good for your mind and your soul. And then do it again the next day. Like find out what works for you. But I think like having a routine is extremely important. Giving yourself breaks in between doing those tasks, but sticking to a specific morning and night schedule is... Honestly, golden. Yeah, that helps a lot. Last question. How do you get over the fear of I'm not good enough and if I attempt something, I will fail? That is an amazing question. Thank you so much for asking that. Literally, just like we started the episode talking about mediocrity and feeling like you're you're lukewarm or barely adequate in things. Again, (laughs) I feel like I say this all the time. I'm sorry if I've broken record. Yes, but I will say it again, literally till the end of my time, but it's all in your head. Literally, we all tell ourselves these lies each and every single day because we're insecure, because we're afraid that we won't measure up to the expectations that we have of ourselves or that other people have of us. And the best thing that I found works for when you feel this way is doing things that boost your own confidence in the sense of like small wins. So doing something that makes you proud of yourself, even if it means finishing a book that you wanted to read, that you set a goal for yourself to finish, doing a job that makes you proud, doing work to the best of your abilities and giving it your all. I think that is a huge confidence booster because you did something that was both challenging and rewarding at the same time. Small wins, literally just like embed them throughout each and every day. Even if it's like making your bed and you're not used to making your bed, makes you proud of yourself. So continuously, yeah, continuously encourage yourself through those, those small wins each day. I think there's also this idea of like being not good enough because you're comparing yourself with other people or comparing yourself with the coworkers or other people in your industry. And I think there is a point where you can't just be like, oh, like I'm just going to present my best self and not really follow the status quo. Like there are things that you could do to improve yourself, you know, like you could study harder, you could, you know, practice, you could hone skills, you could learn new skills. Like there's things to make yourself more 
marketable or more competitive or like, or whatever you want in a certain space. But the idea of not being good enough is kind of like a futile thing because it's, it's like, I'm not even going to try because even if I try, like I'm going to fail, you know, that's literal nonsense because our brains are literally wired to become better at things as we gain experience naturally, even if it's not at the rate or speed of someone else, like you are going to improve once you invest time into yourself. That initial barrier of fear is absolutely going to prevent you from ever being quote unquote good enough, which is again, like an unbeatable status quo because you can't compare yourself to everyone in the world uh, considering all factors in a comprehensive manner. So just be focused on what you can improve on and be better than the person you were yesterday. Your only competition is your past self. Amazing. Mic (laughs) drop. Okay, guys, we're going to end our podcast today. Seriously, go listen to our clap with Elevation Nation. We talk about our love lives. We get like real deep and honestly like preachy on there. It's so good. Very vulnerable. Be sure to listen to it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Before We Make It. Follow us on our Facebook page to stay updated on there. If you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really, really helps us out. And yeah, give us a five-star review. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.